Hello and welcome back to Music Therapy and Beyond. My name is Alyssa and today for June's clinical segment, um, we're going to be talking about music therapy scope of practice. What is it? How is it defined? And how do I remain ethically within the bounds of my own scope of practice? This can sometimes be a gray area in some situations and having clearly defined boundaries is important for our profession and as individuals for ethical best practice and advocacy. I don't know about you, but whenever I think about the words scope of practice for music therapy, I kind of see a fuzzy gray cloud in my head. I guess this is just how my brain pictures the gray area. <laughs> um, because it's it's sometimes scary to me in some ways because it's always changing, it's hard to define, and it's not always a clearly marked boundary. I like to operate within clarity and I'm always trying to be mindful about stepping outside of what is appropriate in our field and for my individual practice. So today we're going to talk through what is clear about music therapy scope of practice as well as how to assess yourself as an individual practitioner to ensure that you're remaining within your own ethical cloud of scope of practice. So if you've ever thought that the boundaries were unclear or the gray area of this topic was a little uncomfortable for you, I hope this will help give you some clarity and peace of mind moving forward. first kind of define scope of practice. What does it even mean? Maybe you're unsure or are a new professional and haven't really thought about the definition before. A lot of what I'll be sharing are things that we are required to understand for board certification, um, for the exam in particular, but it's a lot of information so it's good to review periodically regardless. Scope of practice describes the procedures, actions, and processes that a healthcare practitioner is permitted to undertake in keeping with the terms of their professional license. The scope of practice is limited to that which the law allows for specific education and experience and specific demonstrated competency. That's a definition that's taken from Wikipedia, but in the Journal of Electrocardiology, it is also defined as the extent of privileges permitted by state law for a given class of allied health provider based on specific criteria like education, training, experience, and special qualifications. Now, in my research, there are two little words that came up repeatedly when talking about scope of practice, and those little words are advanced training. For instance, something is within your scope of practice if you have received advanced training. But with such a broad degree as ours, how do you know if, you have, if you've received advanced quote-unquote enough knowledge to include an intervention or um, an approach in your scope of practice? Here are some things to think about when defining what advanced training means. And you can use this to kind of assess um, if you've if you feel like your competency level has reached a level of advanced training based on your specialty trainings and your um, clinical and educational experience. So according to the Prospect Research Institute, they suggest that advanced training includes one, access to an expert because you need specific questions answered, not a mass lecture. 
two, access to learning materials and multimedia because you've mastered the basics and need less hand-holding, and three, a focus on projects that let you apply the new learning to your own and in-groups because you want to be able to create a network that you can call upon long after the training is over. Another helpful perspective came from Susan Ellis from Engage Online. She broke it down into several points for consideration when developing an advanced training. So consider if a, a training that you have undergone has been developed with these in mind. One, go in depth on a basic subject. The whole point is to go past what we ought to have learned in an introductory session, not repeat it. Two, select topics that are something of a luxury once the basics are understood. This format presupposes basic knowledge on the part of the group and spends time instead on those, quote-unquote, thank you for the chance to ask this questions. Three, focus on issues instead of tasks. Beginners are task-oriented, asking, how can I do my job better? More advanced learners are ready to look at the bigger picture, exploring intellectual or philosophic implications of the work. Lastly, four, practice skill development instead of absorbing information. The less experienced the learner, the more the reliance on the trainer as a source of information. Quote-unquote, advanced programs are structured to ensure that everyone in the room is tapped as an expert consultant as well as a student. There has to be opportunity for practice and reflection. Some music therapy-specific examples of advanced trainings are completing approved CMTE courses, attaining certifications such as the NICU-MT training, neurologic music therapy training, and the Bonnie Method of Guided Imagery training. Typically, these advanced trainings include attaining a credential or certificate of completion to signify that you are competent in an approach or skill set that you cannot ethically, or in some cases legally, utilize unless you have attained that credential or designation. Many of these also include ongoing training and supervision to ensure competence and excellence beyond the initial training or certification. Continuing education is required for all board-certified music therapists to recertify at every five-year cycle, so advanced training is not really optional for us. Since our degree and clinical training requirements satisfy the general knowledge component that get us beyond a beginner level, Anything after that is really considered more in-depth, topic-specific, and proficient-level training. In addition, because of the nature of our work and because of the clinical experience that is required in order to um, qualify for our board certification exams, our clinical experience is that hands-on application that goes kind of beyond um, just learning about a topic or um, absorbing that information. And that does satisfy a lot of the clinical experience that it takes to get you from a beginner to an advanced learner. Now that we know what advanced training is, or at least maybe have a better idea of what it is, let's go back and talk about scope of practice. So I thought it would be helpful to start by looking at what is made clear by the National Governing Organization for Music Therapists in America the American Music Therapy Association. Together with the Certification Board for Music Therapists, these organizations have published a document that clearly outlines the basic principles of music therapy scope of practice. I'd like to start from the beginning of this document, and we will not go through the whole document, but I will link it in the description for this episode, and I would encourage you to go read it and look at it for yourself. But let's start with the preamble, because this gives us a good definition right off the bat. 
The scope of music therapy practice defines the range of responsibilities of a fully qualified music therapy professional with requisite education, clinical training, and board certification. Such practice also is governed by requirements for continuing education, professional responsibility, and accountability. This document is designed for music therapists, clients, families, health and education professionals and facilities, state and federal legislators and agency officials, private and public payers, and the general public. Requisite training and skill sets. The scope of music therapy practice includes professional and advanced competencies. The music therapist only provides services within the scope of practice that reflect his or her level of competence. The music therapy profession is not defined by a single music intervention or experience, but rather a continuum of skill sets, simple to complex, that make the profession unique. Evidence-based practice. A music therapist's clinical practice is guided by the integration of the best available research evidence, the client's needs, values, and preferences, and the expertise of the clinician. Overlap in services. Music therapists recognize that in order for clients to benefit from an integrated, holistic treatment approach, there will be some overlap in services provided by multiple professions. We acknowledge that other professionals may use music as appropriate as long as they are working within their scope. Professional collaboration. A competent music therapist will make referrals to other providers, music therapists and non-music therapists, when faced with issues or situations beyond the original clinician's own practice competence or where greater competence or specialty care is determined as necessary or helpful to the client's condition. Client-centered care. A music therapist is respectful of and responsive to the needs, values, and preferences of the client and the family. The music therapist involves the client in the treatment planning process when appropriate. Music therapy practice. Music therapy means the clinical and evidence-based use of music interventions to accomplish individualized goals for people of all ages and ability levels within a therapeutic relationship by a credentialed professional who has completed an approved music therapy program. Music therapists develop music therapy treatment plans specific to the needs and strengths of the client who may be seen individually or in groups. Music therapy treatment plans are individualized for each client. The goals, objectives, and potential strategies of the music therapy services are appropriate for the client and the setting. The music therapy interventions may include music improvisation, receptive music listening, songwriting, lyric discussion, music and imagery, singing, music performance, learning through music, music combined with other arts, music-assisted relaxation, music-based patient education, electronic music technology, adapted music intervention, and movement to music. Music therapy clinical practice may be in developmental, rehabilitative, habilitative, medical, mental health, preventative, wellness care, or educational areas. Standards of practice in music therapy include accepting referrals for music therapy services from medical, developmental, mental health and education professionals, family members, clients, caregivers, or others involved and authorized with provision of client services, conducting a music therapy assessment of a client to determine if treatment is indicated, developing an individualized music therapy treatment plan for the client that is based upon the results of the music therapy assessment, implementing an individualized music therapy treatment plan that is consistent with any other developmental, rehabilitative, habilitative, medical, mental health, preventative, wellness care, or educational services being provided to the client, evaluating the client's response to music therapy and the music therapy treatment plan, documenting change and progress, and suggesting modifications as appropriate, Developing a plan for determining when the provision of music therapy services is no longer needed. 
Minimizing any barriers to ensure that the client receives music therapy services in the least restrictive environment. Collaborating with and educating the client and the family, caregiver of the client, or any other appropriate person regarding the needs of the client that are being addressed in music therapy and the manner in which the music therapy treatment addresses those needs. And lastly, utilizing appropriate knowledge and skills to inform practice, including use of research, reasoning, and problem-solving skills to determine appropriate actions in the context of each specific clinical setting. That was a rather long quote, and that was taken directly from the preamble um, from the AMTA website on music therapy scope of practice. I think it's also important to understand what the various practice domains of music therapy are to understand the breadth of our field and scope of practice. So rather than spend a lot of time reading all of them to you, I will refer you to the document linked under the episode resources in the description again so that you can see the comprehensive list of domains included within music therapy. Instead, I will touch briefly on the overarching domain categories, of which there are five. Number one, safety, which includes five items. Number two, referral, assessment, interpretation of assessment and treatment planning, of which there are 35 items. Number three, treatment and implementation and documentation. There are 68 items. Four, evaluation and termination of treatment, under which there are 10 items. And lastly, five, professional development and responsibilities, under which there are 12 items. As music therapists, I think it's helpful to have quick access to this information to inform our practice, but also to be able to help educate others on what music therapy is and advocate for our established profession and to better clarify our scope of practice because it is quite broad and very unique. And so because of this, we are continually needing to advocate for ourselves to coworkers, legislators, administrators about what our scope of practice is so We need that clarity first to be able to clarify for others who may be confused or concerned about our scope of practice. Part of what is difficult when defining scope of practice is that it really is on an individual basis depending on the therapist's experience and training levels, maybe other degrees or additional certifications. For instance, One area that intersects with music therapy and is sometimes a gray area is counseling. There are music therapy degree programs that do offer dual degrees in counseling and music therapy or that offer master's level specializations in counseling from trainings outside of our field. For instance, in my master's program, I'm on a counseling focus track, so I'm taking counseling courses from within and outside of the music therapy program at an advanced level to broaden my scope of practice in this particular area. Now, even at a bachelor's level, music therapists are trained in basic counseling skills. But what level of intervention you can provide varies based on the individual practitioner. But sometimes this scope is clearly outlined in state licensure clauses that allow or disallow the use of various interventions within music therapy practice and provision. So it is helpful to be aware of your state's licensure laws, especially if you are a state that offers state licensure. It's really important to be aware of what those um, outlines are for the provisions of music therapists. So scope of practice really boils down to your competency level and experience and working knowledge of the music therapist. So luckily, we don't have to make up a list or of ideas of what competence looks like because we are an established field. AMTA has again clearly outlined what advanced music therapy competencies are for us. 
This is a great way to review and mark competencies that you feel you could invest more training in or seek supervision for. In the show notes, I've attached a music therapy self-assessment guide that is designed to assess the quality or competencies of services you are providing. I've also attached um, a bit of an older article by Kenneth Brucia on advanced competencies of music therapy that I would highly recommend as an additional resource for better understanding what competency looks like for music therapists. He outlines a few different areas and defines what the competencies are in those areas. The, the combination of these resources I've outlined, I hope, will give you a starting place for understanding scope of practice, what your scope of practice is, and how to assess yourself to ensure that you're remaining ethical. I'm going to give you a sneak peek as to what some of these competencies are on these documents, but please go look at the exhaustive lists for yourself um, to really be able to wrap your head around and kind of assess where you are at in your own individual practice. So let's start with the AMTA document of advanced competencies. So under professional practice, there's theory, um, which includes um, differentiating the theoretical or treatment orientations of current models of music therapy. An example under clinical practice is um, clinical administration. So um, develop effective recruiting and interviewing strategies for your practice or utilizing management strategies to establish and maintain effective relationships and a high level of motivation among staff. Under advanced clinical skills, um, Employ one or more models of music therapy requiring advanced training. Utilize advanced verbal and nonverbal interpersonal skills within a music therapy context. And assume the responsibilities of a primary therapist. Under academic teaching and administration. Utilize current educational resources in music therapy, such as equipment, audiovisual aids, materials, and technology. Draw from a breadth and depth of knowledge of clinical practice in teaching music therapy. Under research, it says, use various appropriate methods of data analysis, identify funding sources, and write grant proposals for funding research. Under the heading of professional development, there's music and musical and artistic development, which is to reproduce, notate, and transcribe musical responses of clients. Another one is improvise in a variety of musical styles. Under the heading personal development and professional role, one example is to practice strategies for self-care and apply the principles of effective leadership. So those are just a few of the details outlined in the advanced competencies from the AMTA document. And from the Brucia article, he has a list of um, advanced clinical skills. So I'll just read you a few of these as an example as well. In-depth knowledge of existing methods of music therapy assessment, treatment, and evaluation in their clinical applications. Basic understanding of commonly used medications and their effects. In-depth understanding of the diagnostic implications of music. The ability to assess and evaluate clients using existing methods of music therapy, such as listening, improvising, and performing. And advanced skills in leading individual, dyadic, family, and group music therapy sessions. So those are just a few. Like I said, there is a much more extensive list that I would encourage you to check out in the links to the resources for this episode. But I also want to touch on another important point about scope of practice that I would be remiss to leave out of this discussion. If you find that your practice or maybe a session or a client is leading you outside of your scope of practice, then it is also our ethical requirement 
and our obligation to seek counsel from other professionals both within our field and outside of our field that can supervise you or that you can refer your clients to in order to get services that they need. If you are sensing that you're reaching the brink of your scope of practice cloud, there can perhaps be a sense of maybe incompetence or frustration or maybe even embarrassment in feeling like you failed or you're not a good enough therapist. But I want to encourage you that music therapy, while an amazing and effective tool that is capable of a lot of life-changing work, is not a catch-all and there is no way for you as one person to be able to do it all. We can't and we shouldn't even try. Even though our scope is broad, um, we are not experts in all of the areas that we are trained in or maybe even all of the areas that our clients need an expert in. But other people might be, and we work best as a collaborative part of our client's net of resources. So even if you need to consult other professionals, there is great work that you can be doing within your scope that your client can't do with anyone else. You as a music therapist are still in a unique position. And even if that means terminating services or not taking on a new client, you are still helping them get to where they need to go. And that is just as important as being the one to work with them. So get some perspective maybe on what you can do. And even though it may be frustrating and feeling like you want to do more, or you should be able to do more, or you think that you can do more than you really should, remember that you are still doing amazing work by either helping guide them to who can help them, because that's important, by simply being there um, and providing safety for them, perhaps working on different goals with them. But remember that you as a music therapist are doing a job that no one else can do. So Regardless of the situation that you're in or the perspective that you have or um, what this client needs from you, you are doing amazing work and you are doing your best work when you are within your scope of practice and practicing with um, ethics and excellence. I hope that this episode was perhaps somewhat helpful in defining some of the, um, the, the gray area surrounding scope of practice. I hope that some of these resources that I've put there for you um, are helpful as you continue um, into your practice and perhaps even review um, or reassess where you are currently. This conversation is one that could easily be a whole series of episodes. This is really just the tip of the iceberg, and there are so many other facets to this conversation that I didn't have time to include. With that, my invitation to you is to continue thinking about um, and researching for yourself. Dig deeper. Maybe that means seeking out supervision from um, a Facebook group that gets together monthly. Maybe that means you need to consult with another professional or build your network to be able to consult with other types of professionals that you think your clients might benefit from. Maybe that means you need to um, go back and do an advanced training or a refresher training in an area that you thought that you were comfortable in or maybe that you know you're not comfortable in and you want to seek more education on that. There are lots of resources out there and um, AMTA is a great place to start. There are also um, different supervision groups online that you can look up. I know um, Facebook is a great resource sometimes also for getting connected to people that can help you 
um, with your professional practice. So I would encourage you to take this um, as just a starting point and to go even farther in defining what your cloud of scope of practice is. You can find all of our show notes in the description and at musictherapyandbeyond.com. Please reach out to us at musictherapyandbeyond at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more great resources and networking. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for all the work you do and all the places that you do it. We'll see you next time.